0: about recent NFP data, about how employers are offering more flexible benefits, but also carefully eyeing cost containment. Maria Trapanasso, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hi, how are you, John?
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from New York. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about recent analysis from NFP, uh, the NFP data around how employers are offering more flexible benefits. And of course, also eyeing cost containment. But we're going to focus primarily on the, the benefit side and how to leverage creative benefits for employees as a tool to attract and retain great talent. As we get started, I wanted to share Maria's bio with everybody. Maria Trapanasso is the VP, National Practice Leader of HR Solutions for NFP. Maria leads the HR consulting practice and offers NFP's clients strategic guidance on HR-related functions such as organizational harmonization, leave management, and employment practices. Her expertise is in the areas of HR audits and compliance and assists clients in identifying and creating strategic HR policies and procedures. She has extensive expertise in assisting startups creating a solid HR infrastructure to accommodate rapid growth and expansion. Maria has over 26 years of human resource experience working in various industries such as corporate and residential real estate, nonprofit, technological consulting, finance, and insurance. And I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to pause there, give you a chance to share anything else about yourself that you you would like to highlight. Highlight for listeners, and then we'll dive on into the conversation.
1: Sure. Um, I would like to to just let everybody know who NFP is. We are a leading national broker, uh, insurance broker that specializes in corporate benefits, uh, property and casualty, wealth um, management, and retirement services. And I've been with NFP for almost 10 years now.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Why don't you just dive on in and, and tell us about what you're seeing? Uh, what your recent data and, and uh, what you're seeing in the industry around creative, flexible benefits and how that is a tool and a strategy for attracting and retaining great people.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's it's become increasingly important for employers to take a look at that employee experience. And it's really from the onset of understanding You know, what their experience is from onboarding, you know, while they're with your organization, all the way throughout the employee life cycle. And quite frankly, you know, that employee experience has to happen by design, not by accident. And so employers of choice are really being intentional about understanding what that experience is because, quite frankly, the pandemic has completely changed the perspective from employees, and they really are demanding more. So employers of choice are really looking at their total rewards package, they're looking at their compensation, and they're looking at everything that they're offering, looking at at it from the, the employee lens, and I think that's really helping them to retain and attract the talent that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, and that employee experience piece. Now, the benefits component of that is just one aspect. There's lots of things that go into having a really dynamic, uh, empowering employee experience, uh, and that's definitely something we have to focus on. I think the pandemic has shown us that, and the you know the fact that people are fleeing organizations and going to new places, or trying gig work, or just doing different things, you know, it, it's an indication that we need to get better at this, and we need to get better at it fast. Um, How do you feel like the benefits component and the flexible benefits might compare strategically to some of the other types of initiatives or efforts we might have around employee experience?
1: So I, an employer today just can't be in a bubble. We see that the pandemic just changed everything. The perspective is completely changed. We are seeing so many employers that never even dreamed of having a remote workforce now have remote workforces. And so when you take a look at that, that really, you know, that flexibility that employees are looking for has to be up front and center. That has to be a consideration for employers um, if they really want to succeed we do know that there, you know, there are historical traditional organizations that refuse to do that, and if that's their business model, that's fine. But if they really want to compete right now in the market, they've got to be a little bit flexible.
0: Uh, yeah, and it's it's fine. I mean, certainly that's their choice. But I just I just question that strategically, and I just wonder: Are you going to be relevant in five years if you don't adapt yeah. and adjust? And are you going to have good people in your organization? Uh, if people keep leaving and you can't replace them with other good people, let alone, you know, the skills gap and the upskilling and reskilling required for people to stay current. I mean, that's a whole other discussion that's layered on top of this. But if if we can't get really great people and keep them because we're kind of stuck in an old fashioned approach to how we do business and what our business model is, you know, then we may just not be relevant anymore. So, again, th- there's a lot of different ways to go about you know, a focus on employee experience and, and lots of different facets of that. Uh, I just, I really like though the, the flexibility piece that you've been mentioning and, uh, and make, making sure that we have flexible benefits for people to meet the needs, you know, meet them where they're at, meet the needs that they have. Uh, one of the things that I've also been frustrated with in places where I've worked myself in the past benefits that just don't seem to align with my needs um, mm-hmm. or the organization will, will kind of pat themselves on the back because they'll have some new kind of perk or some new benefit that they're providing, but nobody actually cares. Like, no, it's not something people are going to utilize. It's really something that the organization, someone decided, Hey, this would be cool to do. Um, and it's, it's just not leveraged. So it's a waste of time and money. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't have any sort of motivational factor, uh, you know, on most people, Um, So those types of things, you know, we just have to be much more thoughtful about the types of benefits we offer. And that's why benefits are flexible benefits are great because every person's different. You know, if if you have a team of people, chances are that no two people are going to need the exact same thing. And so having the opportunity for them to get what they need when they need it is going to be a huge plus for your organization.
1: Absolutely, John. And, you know, you you made some, so many great points. And one of the things that we're seeing is employers really expanding and taking a look at how do we understand what our employees need. And so what they've been doing, what we've been seeing is focus groups, diverse focus groups, ongoing focus groups, right? Not just taking surveys once a year to find out what employees' thoughts are, but continuing that communication. You know, one of the things that we pointed out in the trend report was strengthening communication with employees and and employers. If they're not listening to their employees, like you mentioned, um, you know, cost containment goes right out the window. They're wasting their money on benefits that nobody uses or understands. And it's so important to really focus in on what employees' Employees need, and I'll give you a perfect example. Employers really need to take a look at who their demographics are, who and what the culture is. So, for example, if you have employees that aren't in um, childbearing years, a parental leave might not be the best thing for your employees, but if they're in that sandwich generation where they're raising children and taking out care of elderly parents, perhaps a caregiver leave is going to make a lot more sense for your organization, even though everyone out there is screaming parental leave, right? So I think it's really important for employers to take a look within. Um, benchmarking data has certainly been a, a great tool, for organizations to see where they are in the market and to understand their place as an employer of choice, but you really need to survey your employees and really listen to them.
0: I mean, it's it's a groundbreaking idea, but you actually need to listen to the needs of your people, right? And it can't just be that annual survey uh, and people you know, are often just so skeptical about that. Anyways, they just feel like their response is going to a black hole and nothing ever happens. So being proactive about getting the input from your people, actually listening and then creating uh, opportunities that fit with what the needs are is and, and communicating that actively uh, is going to be really, really important. And I'm glad you mentioned things like parental leave. Now I'm super thrilled. I'm a university professor and I do consulting work as well. Um, but at the university, uh it's something that has emerged just in the last few years. Then now we have parental leave instead of maternity leave. That's wonderful. I have six children. Uh, oh. It sure would have been nice if that was in place when I had any of my children. Um, you know, I, my, my uh, youngest is nine years old. So he predated, you know, that leave policy. So I didn't have the benefit of it. But I'm great. I'm grateful and happy that it's now there for other people. But what about others who aren't in that stage of life? it's a benefit that they don't get to participate in at all. Um, Another piece, and this is unique in a university setting, uh, but one of the nice benefits we get, and it's actually wonderful because I have six children, is uh, free tuition at the university. So all of my kids can go to the university for free. Now, up to this point, I've been at the university for 13 years. Up to this point, I haven't been able to utilize that benefit at all uh, because my children weren't old enough but my oldest just graduated from high school. She'll be starting here in the fall. And for the first time in 13 years, I'll get to utilize that benefit. And it's a tremendous benefit. I'm super grateful for it. But then the question is just like with the parental leave, you know, for caregiving leave, as you mentioned, could we do something different besides, um, uh, you know, a child tuition benefit to something a little bit broader? So people who, perhaps don't have children either by choice or life stage or just the circumstances that doesn't apply to them, that they can still utilize the benefit for, you know, maybe someone in their extended family, or I don't know, I don't know what that would look like, but having those conversations mm-hmm. then opens the door for more people to have something that's meaningful to them. Uh, and, and I'm getting to the stage where that's super meaningful to me. And that's going to be a huge uh, contributor to, you know, me wanting to stay here because I know I'm running the gauntlet for the next, you know, 15 years with my kids, you know, going through the university system. And that's super expensive. So that alone is enough for me to think twice about leaving.
1: Right. Well, you know, absolutely. There are so many different benefits, John, that that employers are looking at. And I'll give you some examples. So, um, you know, from our, our trend report, we found out that 29% of employers are offering sabbatical leave. Uh, which is very attractive to employees. Um, They offer also volunteer leave, which is very attractive to um, certain cohorts. Um, 33% are offering marriage leave. So when they get married, they get a little extra time. But I think what's really happening, and, and you mentioned something very important you know, in benefits that can also benefit the employer's family. And we have seen an, uh, a great demand for wellness benefits that are not only uh, available to the employee, but are also available for, to the employees, um, you know, to their, their families and, uh, you know, their their significant others as well. And those types of benefits are coaching Um, you know, wellness benefits that can really help them through difficult times of, you know, you know, depression or things that they're going through, just really complicated issues. I mean, certainly, you know, we've learned that there, unfortunately, with the remote workforce and and with everything that's coming and with all the flexibility, it also created some other issues. And those issues are, there are no clear lines between work and, and home. Right, there, there are employees that don't have an internal office, and they're working at their kitchen table, or they're working in the living room. So, where does that switch get turned off from remote working to, you know, okay, now I'm I'm making dinner for the family? So, there are a lot of things, and I, I think employers are also embracing um, some training um, to help employees with that as well. So, all of these things are really beneficial for the family also. And of course, we mentioned that caregiver leave. One of the other things that we're seeing that I think really shows how employers are becoming a lot more compassionate is we've seen extended bereavement leave, where um, it will also include um, extended leave for miscarriage or failed IVF attempts, um, as well as, you know, bereavement leave that includes the death of a pet which is so crucial. Everyone knows if you have a pet, you know that they're a part of the family. So I think that's really, really important that employers look at all of those other options for their benefits to extend them to really benefit the employee.
0: You know, as I think about the, the... the family component, as you mentioned, again, that that's something that's going to resonate with a lot of people, um, but differently for different people. Uh, because I have, you know, I'm married, I have six children, that's a- going to be a huge driver for me. And in fact, it's one of the biggest things here at the university. I, you know, I don't mean to talk on and on about my own experience with, with benefits. Um, but here at the university, that's like one of the greatest things, you know, is it's such a family inclusive kind of an environment. So there are constant, you know, we live a mile north of campus. There's constant events, constant activities, sporting events, cultural events, all that kind of stuff, many of which we get to go to for completely for free or for a heavily discounted rate. In addition to my kids being able to go here for free, all those sorts of things. I mean, that's for me, my family's number one, and that is a huge benefit. Of course, other people may not, be married. They may not have children or have a partner, um, and they may be in a different life stage. And so, what what matters for me isn't going to matter necessarily for other people to the same extent. It's not going to be the same salient motivator. Uh, and so, that's why we need a range of benefits. We need a variety that will tap into the needs and the places that different people are at a given point in their career.
1: I think that you know that that goes back to the importance of having those focus groups, those diverse focus groups that are really going to help the employer understand what employee needs are and focus their dollars on what really matters.
0: Yes, absolutely. So what are some of the other uh, trends and things that you're seeing uh, from your analysis in this report uh, about not only, you know, where we're at today, but, you know, maybe think forward five years, where do we see things going over the next Half decade or so.
1: Yeah, so it's it's really important that employers continue, you know, to um, to really look at the data. Uh, Organizations are really starting to lean on HR for strategic data to drive operations, and I think that that's really really crucial. Um, A number of the things that we took away from the trend report, also um, one of the things that I really um, that really stood out for me was organizations are partnering with strategic um, consultants that can take a holistic view of and assess what they're offering and what they need to provide for the future. I think that this is really crucial because, as we know, HR practitioners at at most organizations are stretched beyond limit. I think what, what is really exciting is that in HR the I think it's finally we're finally at a point where senior leadership is really looking to HR for the answers. And so to be able to, to you know, have that strategic partnership, really help organizations uh, analyze and understand what their data means and how that will drive operations and really drive success within the organization is crucial. So data is is really going to be something that HR leaders will lean on in the future. It's definitely something that is, is uh, much needed. And I think I think also training is something that is the definition of training is, is expanding. You know, you mentioned um, you know, uh, upskilling and you know, obviously succession planning and employers really needing to be ready. I think in our labor market, it is crucial to identify those key positions that are so hard to fill and really search your talent from within and create a training program that is going to bring them to the point where they are ready to step into those roles and succeed in those roles. Um, A lot of organizations miss management training. I don't think that management training is something that's just, we're not born with that, right? I think that employees step into a leadership role and they need leadership training, particularly now with the remote workforces. Um, you know, They come with a lot of um, different circumstances, right? Employers need, especially managers, need to be a little bit more sympathetic. They need to be a little bit more compassionate and patient. They have to be able to weigh engagement and effectiveness. From a distance, the employees aren't under their nose anymore, and they need to be able to weigh that from a distance. And I think, again, you know, going back to that line that gets drawn between, you know, remote working and, and what is effective during a remote workday and how to turn that switch off and ensure that employees aren't getting burnt out. You know, I just read a stage report that said 69% of employees were burnt out working remotely during the pandemic. Employers need to be intentional on preventing that and how are they doing that if it, if their managers are putting down a hard, you know, fast line and saying you've got to get this done by X deadline. I think a lot more employers are saying, you know what, we're going to be flexible if you have to drop the kids off at nine and you're going to start to work by 10, You know, and then you're going to stop working at five, make the kids some dinner and then start working at eight again. That's fine with us as long as the job gets done.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the greatest benefits about flexible remote types of work arrangements and flexible scheduling arrangements and, and all of that. This has all been just fascinating, Maria. We could go on and on, but I think we're going to have to leave it there for today because I know you have a plane to catch. So I'm going to let you go here in just a moment. Before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Sure. Um, They can obviously go to the NFP work site. Uh, You can find us under HR solutions right now. and I think I just want to say one final word about uh, leave management, because that's not a topic we were able to cover. But I think um, a lot of organizations are really looking to um, leave management systems as well as, you know, vendors and consultants, because obviously, you know, leave management, it has become very, very complex, again, remote workforce multiple states and really having the capacity to navigate all of that. So um, that's one of the things that we've really been helping a number of clients navigate through um, from compliant policies to the holistic approach of really understanding how all of those policies and state regulations work together. Um, so it's something that we've really been working with a lot with our clients and and um, I think it's really, really important to take a look at.
0: Yeah, Excellent. Maria, it's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the report, check out NFP. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. You enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. and Please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level.